happy Friday or Saturday or whenever you're listening to this. Um, hope you're having a good day. We're back here again at 2 and 5 Scoop. I am back after being very unwell. I got the flu last week, so the Sean Bernard was nice enough to fill in. You guys talk some uh, Sixers. Um, how has the, how was that episode? I never get the chance to check it out. Yeah, no, it was a good time. Sean, I mean, just doing the pod with him, and I, I told him afterwards – there was a couple of times where I was just like, oh, yeah, I think Ty- Tyrese Maxey's probably shooting around like these many threes a game. I think it's going to go up. And then he would just spit out like the exact number of his three-point attempts per game just because like he's like that's his job. He's a Sixers beat writer. So mm-hmm. I mean, you can just really tell all those numbers are bouncing around in his brain. He thinks about mm-hmm. that stuff a lot. So it was a lot of fun to do a, a one-on-one yeah. Sixers talk. Yeah. Especially as a data science major, I bet it was like interesting yeah. to find somebody that literally had – all these statistics like yeah he, he's just a numbers encyclopedia for sure it's yeah sixers numbers <coughs> pardon me that's a little bit of what's what i'm dealing with um uh halloween weekend did not do me well uh <laughs> my roommate had like four of his friends here from from our area asher and uh, really? yeah so friday night friday night they all went out to a party nearby sorry if you can hear that bus just ignore it um but Friday night, then I went to a party. I went to a party with my girlfriend. And the next morning, this kid, David, he literally, like, I slept in my girlfriend's place. I came back here. He was sleeping in my bed. He was <laughs> sleeping had, in my bed. I've had so that. I, was, I was like, all right. He woke up and he didn't feel well. So I was like, I guess I'm not sleeping here for the weekend. So I stayed in my girl's place. But long story short, that was the flu. And it got spread all over here. And I have videos on my phone. Of what my apartment looked like like it was so bad dude it was like actually let me let me pull it up i don't know if you'll be able to see it i don't know if you guys are gonna be able to see it but this was my apartment last week it was disgusting like disease everywhere disease where where where, where, where is it no that's not it that's not it i'm trying to find it oh yeah here's my room so you'll see date so there's there's david that's in that's my bed. That's David. Uh huh. And then that's my buddy Adam. Okay. He's, he's wearing my shorts. Wow. He's wearing my shorts. So, yeah. So that's Adam. Anyway, last week was very fun. Yeah. I peaked at almost 104. I probably should have gone to the hospital because of the fever, but I just didn't because wow. it broke, I guess. I don't know what happened. I just took a crap ton of ibuprofen and Mucinex. Like, I took so many pills. It wasn't even funny. Um, I got a little goodie bag from from Patient First. A nice little goodie bag, you know. Nice. All those kids got Halloween candy. I got drugs. I got yeah, even better. Helped me fight this slew off. So that was it was great. I, I was I gonna watch the World Series, and I was I, I even came home and I was gonna tailgate and everything. No, I got to watch the Phillies lose twice at home while I had a fever the entire time. So that, that was great. So anyway, <laughs> moving on. That was my this past week. Asher, how have you been? Uh, I guess better than you've been. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I again, not being a super diehard Phillies fan, it like this was really my first time watching the Phillies in depth. Yeah. So I mean, I'm. I, I think my main takeaway is that I'm more happy with how they performed up to those final three games than I am disappointed in the way that they kind of collapsed at the end. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat them up for the last three games. I mean, they gave us a great run. They weren't expected to be there. They were only they were an eighty-seven win team. They were the last team to clinch a place a postseason berth. So it was miraculous enough that they got to the World Series, and I'm blessed that I was able to see that run and enjoy it. 
Um, but it just sucks that we didn't get the job done. You know, we were right there. I, I guess it's a similar feeling. This is this is a new feeling. I mean, every single championship I've watched, I wasn't able to watch the I watched the 2008 World Series. I watched the 2009 World Series, but I was young. Mm-hmm. This is my first time like really experiencing like a championship loss. Like this was probably the most painful, one of the most painful losses I've ever had, even though we weren't even supposed to be there. Right. Because it's my first time tasting like getting to the championship and losing. So I right. got to watch the Eagles win the Super Bowl in 2017. And that was really the first time me fully being able to experience a championship run. Yeah. Well, even regardless of kind of what the expectations were going into the playoffs, the focus shifts to each game individually. So for the Eagles, you know, we weren't expected to beat that Patriots team at all. But mm-hmm. even if we had lost that game, it would have hurt. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like, okay, we're there. Let's just finish the job now. Yeah, one you've game away. You've shown, us, you've shown us that you guys have the ability to make that kind of run and kind of run the score up on teams. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason why you can't do it again. That's yeah. the, that's kind of the thing. But I feel bad feeling that way and kind of putting those ex- expectations when this team barely made the playoffs. Right. I think after, you know, at, when it's all over, you kind of look back and you put it back in the frame. And yeah. Say, all right. You know, I'm happy for what we got. Exactly. That's what a lot of Phillies fans are doing now. Um, a lot of Phillies fans are turning the page. They're like, okay, we made the World Series. You know, that we were blessed enough to see that. Me, personally, I'm still kind of mourning over the loss. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I digest these kinds of things emotionally. I mean, it takes a hit. It's not just like, oh, the Phillies just lost in the World Series. Yeah. It's okay. We have next year. No, like this is that's it's that deep to me. I shed a couple of tears on Saturday night after they lost because my favorite team on that, my favorite player on that team is Reese Hoskins. He's been there for six years. You know, he's one of the guys that made me have faith in this team's ability to hit the ball again. You know, we had a really rough offense, and he was kind of the first real slugger. I could ramble about this all day. I'll hop on another podcast to do that. But long story short, very painful and sickening week for me last week. Asher, I'm sure you're. You look fine. You just. Yeah, you right. like you. I, I actually did end up tailgating that uh, that World Series game as well on, on Thursday night. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's even though they did end up losing that game, it's just the energy in the city is mm-hmm. just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going to miss that energy, but hopefully sure. they'll be back in January. So, yeah, you know, we'll yeah. see. Uh, but moving on. So we're talking Eagles today. Um we don't really want to talk about the Texans game. That was one of those ugly wins, but they were just—it was just a win. Plus, my focus and I think Asher's focus is more shift on the World Series that night. So, we're not really going to talk about that. Um, but we got this upcoming Monday. We have the Commanders. Um, I'm not—that's not really a matchup. I'm not really worried about. I'm not going to sit here and say that we're going to win, but I would be very surprised if we didn't, considering we're not even playing Carson Wentz. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think the drop off from from a Wentz to a Heineke is not really something that's super like that doesn't really change my outlook of the game at all. I mean, I really like t- Taylor Heineke. I love the way that he plays. I think he's got a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. I was uh, saying when I was watching the uh, I was watching the Commanders game like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Heineke's first start back in, and I was like, "This is the guy that like has the heart of like a Hall of Famer." And like the mm-hmm. mindset of a Hall of Famer put inside the body of a guy that should be working an office job. Yeah, literally. Yep. Yeah. It, it's it's a bummer. Does that that guy has heart? I I like Taylor. It, it's really fun to watch him play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, isn't he? Um, what was the football league that they made like two years ago and it got suspended because of COVID? Mm-hmm. He was literally a, a quarterback in that league. 
There's been a few. Uh, the AAF, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. Or XFL. Those were the two that were that went on during COVID. I think I think the AAF was the first one. So I think that was the one that he was involved in. Yeah. Anyway, I remember seeing a video and it was just like so funny. Because yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, no, it was it was the AAF because remember later that year in the playoffs, the Taylor Hyannick, he almost led the commanders to a win against the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. came I, I still remember watching that game vividly. He had like a dive into the yeah, end. pylon dive. Yeah, it just did not seem like he was gonna get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, this Commanders game is gonna be underwhelming. I think everybody looked at this game at the beginning of the season, thinking, "Oh, Wentz is returning to Philadelphia this game. He he's not even starting," which is yeah. so depressing for Wentz. Honestly, I do I feel bad for the guy a little bit, but not really. But it's like. I don't know, I just I just look at this game now and kind of laugh because there were such high stakes preseason. Yeah, and now it's like nothing. Yeah, you definitely didn't expect the Eagles to be coming into this game undefeated and the Commanders to just kind of be one of the NFL's bottom feeders. I will say the Commanders aren't that bad. They are sitting at four and five right now, but you know, still there's. They're, they're right. really I mean, Eagles. a a small like margin of victory versus like a bad Packers team just. Mm-hmm. Not not very impressive wins for the Commanders this year. The record might not show it, but well, speaking of impressive wins, um, I do want to talk about kind of this narrative that's been going around um, about the Eagles. A lot of people are going through the Eagles schedule and like looking at them. Obviously, they're eight and zero, so everybody's looking at the eight and zero team, and nobody likes an eight and zero team. Right, so a lot everybody, of everybody wants to prey on their downfall and like. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants them to just do horrible. So this team is getting a lot of comparisons to the 2020 Steelers sure. uh, in the aspect that they just haven't won that many games that haven't, they haven't really been tested. Um, so they're going to collapse towards the end of the year because the true identity isn't what they're showing right now. Mm-hmm. So what are your opinions on that? Yeah, I mean, you can draw comparisons to last year's Cardinals too. I think they were either 7-0 or 8-0 or and, and ended mm-hmm. up having like a classic Cardinals collapse towards the end of the season. That's Cliff Kingsbury, though. That's not that's, that's a, yeah, Cliff's Kingsbury class. Yeah, class, exactly. But I mean that I just don't think there's that many quality teams to go around in the NFL this year as there are normally. Yeah, that's what I I agree. I agree. I we also I played a Vikings the team. The Vikings one loss is against us. Yeah, that's what I say. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, my here's my thing about that argument. Like, listen, the Eagles didn't make their own schedule. They get given a schedule, and their job is to win games. They're winning games, and they're and here. I'm gonna let you talk because I need to gather my thoughts because sure. this whole freaking argument about the strength of schedule is so irritating to me. I made a TikTok video about it. Many of you guys watched that. I was. It's just infuriating. And let me just gather my thoughts after you. Just sure. What's your opinion? <laughs> yeah, I mean, on one hand, yes, the Eagles didn't make their own schedule. They're going into the games, and they're they're taking care of business so far. Mm-hmm. There is that Vi- there's the Vikings win. We beat them pr- very handily at that at this point. The only loss on their schedule, probably the second best team in the NFC. However, there's I mean, besides that Vikings game, it's been you know the Cowboys with Cooper Rush. There's been a lot of underwhelming teams and teams that are going to be in going to have some top ten picks. So I understand the the tendency to want to look at a team like us and say, okay, they haven't played. They haven't been tested yet. Are they really as good as the is this eight and team better than the six and two Bills, the six and two Chiefs, the seven and one Vikings, all that stuff? 
well, here's my rebuttal. So listen, we're looking at the strength of schedule. So before the season, we looked at strength of schedule based on last year's record. Mm-hmm. Now there's a new ranking out for strength of schedule based on everybody's current record right now. Right. The Eagles have had a tougher strength of schedule than the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills have two losses. The Bills just lost to the Jets. The Jets. Did, would anybody predict that? No. That that means that anything can happen in this, in this league. Any team can beat any other team. It doesn't really matter what the record is. The fact is, is that the Eagles are winning games right now. They're winning every single game. And on top of that, they're winning in multiple ways. They're winning you by running the ball. They're beating you by passing the ball. They're beating you with their defense and turnovers. The Eagles find ways to win, and that's how good teams function. They find mm-hmm. ways to win no matter the opponent. Remember the Eagles 2017 Super Bowl run? We beat the Giants, who wound up being like 3-13 and or 4-12 and that year. We had to beat them by kicking a 61-yard field goal. Right. But nobody looks at that game. Like now that the, now that the, the Eagles eventually won the Super Bowl, obviously. But nobody looked at that game and was like, oh, the Eagles are fraudulent because of that. No, they won the game. Point blank period. Nobody cares about how you win the game. They care if you won or not. That's the thing. And right. people don't seem to understand that. And it's so annoying. And on top of that, here's another point that the Eagles are the real deal. The Eagles are the only team in the NFL to lead every single game they played in by at least double digits. By by double di- digits at least at one point. I know right. the Cooper Rush game got close at one point, but wasn't it a week prior to that game that Cowboys fans were like hailing down to Cooper Rush and saying that he should start over Dak Prescott because he's 5-0 as a starter. He's never thrown up like they were hyping him up, and then the Eagles beat him. And now the goalposts change, they change the goalpost and say, Oh, Cooper Rush is just a backup. No, you gotta stay, you gotta stay. You can't, you can't change that just to say that the Eagles are frauds. The Eagles are not frauds if you had to change the goalposts for the argument. It's not, sorry, it just irritates me. That argument is so stupid and exhausted. Like I don't, I don't get. It. I don't know who, who do the Eagles have to beat? I mean, you look at the rest of their schedule. The only one tough game, maybe two. You have the Giants, twice. right? Six and two Giants twice, and then you have the Cowboys again. Mm-hmm. Is there, there, there's nobody wow. else in that schedule, and that's not the Eagles' fault. Their Correct. job is to go out and win games. That's all, and that's what they're doing. Point blank, period. Yeah, and with, I mean, with us not having played the Giants as well, I can kind of. I'm okay with people saying, like, oh, the, the Eagles' schedule is easy and they haven't proven, proven themselves. I'm okay with people saying that until we play the Giants because I must, I feel like those are the two most interesting games on the schedule. Mm-hmm. The Giants have kind of been overachieving so far this year, doing a lot mm-hmm. better than we thought. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a really interesting test for an Eagles team that on paper is so much more talented than them. So right. are we able to go in and take care of business against, like, a, a hated division? <laughs> Now it's been playing with a lot of heart this season. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, the Giants are definitely a team of heart. They definitely, I mean, like credit goes to Brian DeBall. Mm-hmm. I believed in him going, coming into this season. He planned, he's panned out a lot better than I thought they would. I thought the Giants would be flirting with seven wins this season. They're six and two right now. So I, I, they're probably going to blow that number out of the water. Right. But, um, but yes, speaking of Brian DeBall, um, I do want to go back and look at, the NFL awards. Um, we're what nine weeks in the season, ten weeks in the season. This is week um, ten. Yeah, this will be week ten. So we're about halfway through the season. So we might as well reflect and kind of give our mid-season um, accolades. So I want to start off with Coach of the Year. Uh, 
I'm awarding this to Brian DeBall. A lot of people are debating between him and Robert Saleh, also New York coach from the Jets. Um, I just like what Brian DeBall has done. Um, he's kind of changed the culture. He's kind of he's an offensive-minded coach. He's kind of brought that offense alive a little bit. He's kind of rejuvenated Danny Jones's career. Um, but I'm I'm very pleased with what he's doing in New York, even though they are a division rival. Yeah, no, very very impressive way that he's turned them around. I'm giving this to Nick Sirianni for now. Really? Okay. Right now, it's the coach's job to not lose. It, it he hasn't lost yet. I mean, he's he's been taking care of business better than any other coach in the NFL mm-hmm. so far this year. I, th- I think that's pretty dry. That makes me. sense. Um, and then I wanted to go to defensive player of the year. I don't. I think we both probably agree on this one. But yeah. um, I'm I'm putting Micah Parsons as my defensive player of the year. Yep. Same um, here. That was my prediction for for defensive player of the year preseason. I think he should have won it last year. I think he's going to be you know top three finish for the next fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Get used to it. Yeah. Uh, and then offensive player of the year. There's not really much to say, Micah, but offensive player of the year. I think this is a very, very interesting award. And <laughs> maybe I'm biased, but I'm going to give this to AJ Brown. Okay. Um, I think AJ Brown is having one of the most dominant seasons in the NFL right now, as far as a receiver. Um, he is among the highest graded receiver by PFF. I don't know if you guys care about PFF, but I do. Um, but he's one of the highest, if not the highest graded receiver in the league right now. Um, obviously, you guys have been watching the games. He's just dominant, just dominant. can't be guarded. Um, so I'm going to give that award to A.J. Brown. Yeah, that. I mean, that Steelers game definitely showed mm-hmm. what A.J. Brown can be when he's playing at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely unstoppable, unguardable. Mm-hmm. I'm he's on pace for 1,500 yards right now. He has like 750 receiving yards right now. Best best receiving season that we have seen in a long time. Proud I was, was going to say that. I was only three years old, so even yeah. then, I don't really think I really saw that. I just was right. a lot. The best receiving yeah. season that we've witnessed, at least. Yes. yes. Um, your offense player of the year, Ash? Yeah, well, you said A.J. Brown may be the highest PFF grade receiver. He's actually not. I'll tell you who is. It's Tyreek Hill. I'm going with Tyreek Hill as my offensive player of the year. He okay. – Leads the NFL in receiving yards by over 150 yards. Okay. 1,100 yards in nine games is just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Actually, have the Dolphins only played – because they had their bye, right? Yeah, they're five and three. Six and th- They're five and three right now. Right. They so 1,100 yards in eight games is just absolutely insane. He's been everything the Dolphins could have wanted in that trade and more. I mean, he's – I think Tua has done a great job this year, but I think also the dominance of Tyreek Hill has helped to quiet kind of that – the you know everyone was saying yeah. like oh two is two is not the guy that's going to be able to lead the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I think Eric has helped to quiet that as much as Tua has. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, speaking of Tua, um, I'm going to label him as my comeback player of the year. I think it's between him or Geno Smith, mm-hmm. um, but just I I think Tua needs credit for what he's been through even this year. I mean he's made kind of two comebacks last year. He had the narrative around him saying that he couldn't pass. He was not. Not a great, and then he came this year, and so far as a starter, he's five now. So, you know, he's kind of doubted, shut up all the doubters. Um, same can be said for Geno Smith, but right now, I, I I'm really leaning Tua. And the funniest thing about Tua is that with the elections this past week was election day, um, in the Florida results, um, I think 0.1 percent of the Florida population literally put down Tua. 
Rodin Tua. So uh, they love him down there. They love him down there in Miami. Yeah, the narrative, the narrative has completely flipped on Tua for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go comeback player of the year. I'm going Gino. Just mm-hmm. They wrote him off. He ain't right back, though. Mm-hmm. That's all yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, for me, it's really a coin flip between him and Tua. Uh, Gino definitely has more of the story. I mean, he's been in the league since, what, 2013? 2013, 2013, yeah. right? 2013, he's kind of bounced around. Um, when he was drafted by the Jets, kind of flopped there. Then he went to – where was he? I don't even know. Was he was in New York for a little bit because I remember he was the one that they sat Eli Manning for so he wouldn't break that uh, yeah. that uh, consecutive starts record. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that makes sense. Geno's – yeah. Sorry. Completely I mean, it, it definitely speaks to how – his career has gone that we really can't think of where he's been in between getting drafted and where he is now. I mean, I mean, he went from being like a nobody and being like, okay, this guy's career's over. He's just hanging up, you know, Mm -hmm. go be an insurance salesman or something like that. No, he came right back. I mean, we were looking at the Seahawks team this year and I I was looking at them. I was like, "Mm, they might get three wins. They're sitting at six and three right now or something. Five and four at least. Yeah. they, I mean, they're they're pushing for the uh, that division title over in the NFC West. They are, yeah, which is something I would have never even fathomed going into the season. Right. Something. Sorry, just got a text. Um, but yeah. So next award I wanted to go into was um, offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year, I'm really puzzled. I don't really like who. Who would you put as your offensive rookie of the year? Because. I was going to say Kenny Pickett, but he's like a turnover machine this year. You got George Pickens, but he's not seeing that much uh, action. So it's like. Personally, I would have to give it to either Kenneth Walker on the Seahawks or Damian Pierce on the Texans. Damian Pierce. I can, I can forgot about that. Even though we literally just paid to play him like last yeah, year. I, he just, he just tore Pierce. it up statistically at least. Yeah. I just couldn't think of any of the rookies because it's like, I, I don't know. Was this rookie class just like weaker? No, I, th- I mean, I think Chris Olave down in New Orleans has been doing pretty well. Garrett Wilson in New York. Yeah. It was definitely with this award until he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Kind of does suck for him because, I mean, I think he was pretty much a lock to win that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So I'm going to have to – I guess I'll go Damian Pierce for offensive rookie of the year. Um, as for yourself? I'll take Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. I mean, I – I might give it to Damian Pierce. I feel like voters are going to lean towards Kenneth Walker just because he's been doing it for a more productive team overall. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of matter more. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, and then defensive rookie of the year, I think this is a no-brainer. For Burmy, at least it's a no-brainer. I got Sauce Gardner winning it. He's coming, becoming like the next Orel Rivas for the Jets right now, I think. He's yeah. just dominant out there out there in New York. He's doing, he's doing great. I'm really happy about that. But – uh, we will revisit all of these at the end of the season, see how they aged. Um, so to go over it, oh, we missed the most important one, MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MVP, who would you have as your MVP, Asher? Right now I'm going to have to give it to Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I feel like maybe even just last week Josh Allen would have had it in a very poor showing against the Jets. I mean, two picks that were really just kind of throwing it right to the guy on the other yeah, team. Yeah, just ugly, ugly, ugly. And Patrick Mahomes, I feel like he just uh, – ever since he came, like, that first MVP season, he just doesn't make mistakes like that. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't seem like he's I mean he's just crazy he's leading the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns again it's it's like clockwork over there in Kansas mm-hmm. City yeah no I agree um I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP of the league however there has to be a case to be made for Jalen Hurts and I think I think that deserves a conversation go through his stats right now he has 12 passing touchdowns six rushing touchdowns so that's 18 total touchdowns he has two interceptions and four fumbles I don't know how many fumbles he lost exactly, but he has six total turnovers at right. max. Possibly uh, 63.1 QBR, which is six amongst all six amongst all quarterbacks. He has a 107.8 passer rating and is, has a 68.2 completion percentage. Um, first of all, com- if you compare these stats to last year, his QBR last year was 87.8. Passer rating, I'm sorry, not QBR. Right. Passer rating was 87.8. He's jumped up 20 points. Yeah. Which just goes to show. I mean, that's passer rating. We were we would never think that Jalen would really develop as a passer. Um, I mean, that was the biggest question coming in this year. Obviously, if we're looking at these numbers, he's obviously really, really developed as a passer, but has he made a good enough case for MVP to this point in the season? If not, what more do you think he has to do? It's kind of j- jump over Patrick Mahomes. Okay, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think he's probably with the Josh Allen injury, depending on how <laughs> it lasts. It's very, very possible he jumps himself into number two mm-hmm. in the rankings. I just, I don't see again with how consistent Patrick Mahomes has been over the course of his career. I don't see him kind of loosening the hold on that number one. Mm-hmm. So if anything, it's going to have to be Jalen stepping up his game to another, another level, mm-hmm. and that. I mean, the running game, he's one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. So what I would want to see is kind of more better decision-making from him. Mm-hmm. We have seen better decision-making, but I still mm-hmm. think a lot of times he just kind of reverts to throw the ball into du- double coverage against A.J. Brown. Yeah. Some works. Yeah. It works because it's A.J. Brown, but right. if you have any other receiver there, that's a pick. Yeah. So I think I think still kind of his reading of the defense could use some improvement. Okay, and that's like being a little nitpicky because he is, he is being an incredible quarterback. He's playing incredible football right now. Um, but I just want to touch on that, really, because I think it's a really interesting thing. Um, I, I would never thought that Jalen Hurts could be in the MVP conversation this year, maybe next year, maybe the following year. But this year is absolutely insane, and I definitely think there is a strong, strong case for him. Um, yeah. It's going to be hard to beat Patrick Mahomes, and that's the really big thing is, is this more of a – is Jalen Hurts good enough, or is, is Patrick Mahomes just like too good? Uh, like, is, is Patrick Mahomes? Do you think he's just Patrick Mahomes? Is just is he just on a, another level that's like not reachable at this point? Like, do you think Jalen Hurts can really match that level? At this point, I would think the only quarterback who can reach that level of play is Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. So, it depends on again. It depends on how long that injury lasts. Mm-hmm. A lot. I mean, we all kind of expected the MVP to go to Josh Allen this year. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing working in Jalen's favor is uh, that Mahomes has already won an MVP. So mm-hmm. should it kind of get to neck and neck towards the end of the season, they may lean Jalen just for the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially – I mean, Jalen has a hell of a story from um, Alabama, everything that happened there, getting benched in the national championship and going to Oklahoma. And, I mean, he's kind of dealt with doubters his entire career, which is – it's just gonna be amazing if he can win the MVP this year. That's gonna be the ultimate, like, giving the bird to all the haters out there. So, yeah, um, I mean, after so, after last season's 
loss to the Buccaneers. I remember there were talks, is, is Jalen even going to be the quarterback going into this year? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they were like, oh, well, we just got completely embarrassed in the wild card round. We look like, first of all, people were already doubting us going into the postseason saying, oh, like our strength of schedule, we didn't beat a single winning team this year. All this jazz. Same thing that we're dealing with right now, kind of like the strength of schedule <laughs> argument, which is why I'm so exhausted of it. Because I heard it at the end of last year when we made it to the playoffs and we were really supposed to, we were supposed to be a three-win team last year, but no, we won nine games we made the playoffs. And now we're going through it all over again, even though we're 8-0. As you can tell, that argument really irritates me. So on that note, we're going to close this thing out. We still have our hot takes and everything to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, obviously, I was sick. So I I guess are we going to call it like a bye week as far as our takes go? Yeah, uh, that was a bye week. You know, I, know, I, know you lost, I know you lost your written down piece of paper with your takes on it. So um, we will – just pick up. It's still 50 to 27. Um, I did for week eight. I didn't do too well. I don't think any of my hot takes hit. Uh, I had the Jets beating the Patriots. One total touchdowns and Pat- Panthers-Falcons. I don't know if you remember that game, but that game was literally 37 to 34. Yeah. yeah. So that did not work at all. <laughs> and then I took the Bears over the Cowboys because I just felt like believing in them. I don't even know if that even happened. I don't think it did, though, right? No, the, I mean, Justin Fields did pretty well that game. I think yeah. the Cowboys won 49-29. So yeah, that's what it was because that was the same week that we blew out the, the Steelers. Right. So anyway, um, I'm going to start off with my lock. Actually, if you want to start off your lock as well, I have the Eagles over the Commanders. I don't I see the Eagles lock. losing. I don't see the Eagles losing against the Commanders. Yeah. Um, your straight picks? I have the Titans beating the Broncos. I, still, I think that kind of with – what we were talking about before and how the NFL, the, I feel, there's not as many good teams. I feel like the Titans still aren't getting the respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been overachieving this year. We all kind of expect them to be mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know, they're leading the AFC South very handily. Uh-huh. I think they're kind of a tier above what most people would put them at right now. Yeah, no, honestly, the Titans have kind of surprised me. I mean, I was looking at the NFL standings and everything. And I was like, the Titans are five and three. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, wait a minute, like how are like I didn't think they were gonna be that good, mm-hmm. but and I mean, this, this they, is the team that was the number one seed in the AFC last year. Yeah, and like that's the Stranger Things because beginning of the season I was like, all right, they weren't real number ones last year, but maybe I'm being proven wrong. Maybe they're actually kind of a decent team, you know, without an AJ Brown, which they seem to be keeping the boat afloat. So credit mm-hmm. to them. So my straight picks, um, I had Falcons over Panthers. Okay. And then I have – this could be a hot take, but I feel confident enough, enough in this to put this in a straight pick. I have Cardinals beating the 49ers. Whoa. Right. Yes. Yeah, definitely, definitely hot um, take. The Cardinals like to stir the pot in the NFC West. It feels like the kind of – like the rocket in L.A. Yeah, why not do the same thing against San Francisco? You know, the NFC West is always very, very interesting. I don't know how – if the, I don't know if the Cardinals have played the Niners yet this year. I don't think they have. I don't believe so. Either. But, um, you know, why the hell not? I mean, it's a divisional matchup. Anything can happen. Cardinals haven't looked great this year, but for the hell of it, take it over, take them over the Niners. I mean, I I just have a feeling the Cardinals kind of – they just do that sometimes. They just like to rock the boat. They like to split a lot in the NFC West, so – yeah, I think the Cardinals definitely are more talented on paper than they have shown. Mm-hmm. So there's de- there's definitely a lot of variability in how they can perform. 
And the Niners, I think, I think they're still kind of looking for their uh, their identity when Jimmy G is the quarterback now because they're yeah. so confident in Trey Lance going into the year now. It's yeah. Kind of well, keep in mind they also have Christian McCaffrey now. So that's true. That's I mean Christian McCaffrey had the ultimate. I mean, I guess if you could possibly have a a cycle in football, right? Triple crown. He, he achieved a yeah, triple crown. Yeah. So he achieved that. So I think the 49ers are still going to be kind of adjusting, trying to figure out their offense with Christian McCaffrey in it. Obviously, now other teams have the film to defend it. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But, you know, I just feel like the Cardinals are going to go into San Francisco and kind of upset them. Um, as far as your hot takes, Ashley, do you want to start off? What's yeah, your first hot let, me, let me throw my other straight pick in there real quick. It's, it's kind of boring. Oh, you're still the straight pick. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you're good. But the Giants' spread seems to be somewhere around negative uh, or minus five and a half, minus four and a half Sorry. against the Texans. Good. I feel like anything less than a touchdown spread for the Giants against the worst team in the NFL is just too low. So I know we don't really we haven't done spread picks yet, but I'm, uh-huh. I'm going to take the Giants' spread as my straight pick because I just feel like that's easy money. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, that makes that makes sense. I actually did a whole um, I did a whole pick them this week, so uh, I'm I'm excited. I could win like literally. Uh, how many people am I doing with? It's ten bucks mm-hmm. per person. I think I'm in a pool with like twenty people, and if I do the best, I win. What's what's ten times twenty? Two hundred. Two thousand. No. Two thousand. Ten what? times twenty. No, no, two two hundred. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, I'm adding zeros on there. It's all it's all good. You took uh, giants. You took giant spread there. Uh, I did take giant spread. Right, cool. I did take giant spread. Um, I don't. I think it's it, it was it was ridiculous. Some of the, some of the spreads on there, on that pickem was ridiculous. Like Minnesota, I'll touch on that in a little bit. But Minnesota is a nine and a half point underdog against Buffalo. Can you believe that? Yeah, I, I think a lot of the – I was just looking on, like, FanDuel and DraftKings earlier today. I think a lot of that has adjusted for the fact that Josh Allen isn't in it anymore. I think Buffalo is now, like, a three-point favorite. Yeah. Which seems more fair to me. Yeah, exactly. But I'm still going to take the Vikings over the Bills. That's one of my hot takes this week. Okay. I think the Vikings beat the Bills. The Bills lose a second consecutive game. What can you expect if Josh Allen doesn't play? You know. Right. Uh, who would even be starting in for Josh Allen? Do you know? I think they have Case Keenum. No way. They have one, of the, one of the fun things about that matchup is it's going to be Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs again, except they're going to be on not the Vikings. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No way. That's yeah, so cool. that, that's a fun matchup. That's fun. Uh, but anyway, sure. your hot take? Uh, I've got the Seahawks hanging 30 on Tampa Bay. Uh, we agree. You have that? We agree. I don't have that exactly, but I have Seattle being the Bucks by at least 14 points. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I like the Seahawks. I think everybody uh, – they're, they're just a story that I love. I love that. I love their story. They're impressive. Oh, yeah. They're impressing me. I, and also Tom Brady praying on his downfall a little bit here. Sure. But, yeah. And the, the Bucks. one thing that I was looking at, you want to talk about poor strength of schedule. They've played the Chiefs and they played the Ravens. Outside of that, they really haven't played any impressive offenses at all. And the Chiefs and the Ravens, the Ravens scored 27, and the Chiefs, you know, we watched them score 41 on that Tampa Bay defense mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football. So I think the Bucks defense is a lot more uh, vulnerable than most people think it is right now. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. The Bucks offense has been Absolutely. really good. Absolutely. 
Um, <clears throat> but go Seattle. I'm, I got Seattle in that game. Uh, my last one is at the chart. Wait. Just skip one. Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. Did I screw up like massively? Like, did I? Am I embarrassing? What? Do the Cardinals? The Cardinals don't even play the Niners this week. I swear, because I also have in my hot takes. Oh, the Chargers play the Niners. You're right. The Cardinals are playing. Shit, who are the? The Cardinals are playing the Raiders. How did I have that? Uh oh. What? Why did I put Cardinals over nine? Okay. Anyway, I got the, the Niners playing the Rams. Cardinals are playing the Rams. Okay, that makes sense. It, it, it is an NFC West. Play divisional. Okay. All right. That makes more sense that I put that in my straight pick that I have them being the Rams. Okay. So to straighten it out, I have the Cardinals being the Rams. I'm just, I'm just an idiot, and I put down Niners. Um, but I do have the Chargers being the Niners. The Chargers are one of the most volatile teams in the league as far as their offense. Sometimes they come out and they shit the bed. Um, other times they go out and they look like one of the best offenses in the league. And I think this is a week where they just kind of catch lightning in a bottle and they look good out there. And the Niners, you know. Yeah. I mean, same argument we just made for the Cardinals being the Niners, I guess. Pretty much the same thing. I mean, like, it's, it's the same thing. But, um, Asher, you have one more hot take, I believe, I have right? Two more. They're both statistically based, so I'm just going to kind of hang them in together. Mm-hmm. I've got Najee Harris getting 100 uh, yards from scrimmage. Okay. That hasn't happened yet this year. He just has not looked like the same player he was last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's he's too talented of a player to be held down all season. That's that Steelers offense is just not well, not great at all. But you know, mm-hmm. some some game he's got to he's got to have at least one good game. So I'm going to say it's this week for really no reason in particular. Yeah. Uh, you have Dak Prescott. I think he's going to lead the league in the league in passing yards this week. Huh. What do the Cowboys have this week? We the Cowboys are playing the Packers in Green Bay. Okay. You know the Packers defense is solid, but the the Cowboys have kind of been easing Dak in so far. I think he's he hasn't thrown thirty pass attempts yet since coming back from that injury. Mm-hmm. And I think this week they might need him to be throwing more. Mm-hmm. And it, we, we've seen how how explosive that Cowboys offense can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just scored 49 points on the Bears, and I think he threw, like, 25 pass attempts. Right. So yeah. I think the yardage can stack up easily for that Cowboys well, They also have that two-headed monster in the backfield. So, mm-hmm. that I mean, I think part of the reason why he hasn't had has much volume as far as throwing is because he has two pretty good backs in the backfield. He's Zeke and Tony Pollard. Yeah. So, Zeke is also a good receiver coming back this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pollard's more of a runner, and the the backfield is kind of all his, right? right. So yeah. I think I think they do drop drop Dak back a few more times this week. All right, good stuff. So I have Tony Pollard on my fantasy team. So do you think I should start him or? It depends on what your other options are. <laughs> no, I, I have I have a good enough lineup. Okay. This week. I I start Juju for my flex. I have Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah. And anybody in that. That Chiefs offense, I will gladly keep in my lineup. So we'll see. But um, as the score stands right now, as far as the the um, the picks for all this year, I'm reminder that three picks for every hot take, two picks for every straight pick, and one point for point three points, two points, one point. Three points, two points, one point. It's been a long day. <laughs> um, but as the score stands right now, it's fifty for me and Asher twenty-seven. Yeah, so because he yeah. likes to believe in the Patriots so much. 
Yeah, I didn't take the Patriots yeah. this week. He's how many, how many points do you think you've lost on the Patriots this year? At least eight, right? Uh yes, yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. But they've also kind of turned it on as as of late, so I haven't completely given up hope. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't have them in any of your picks this week. Honestly. They don't play. <laughs> oh, oh, that makes sense. As much as I would have loved <laughs> that makes the Patriots versus oh. bye week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna win this week. <laughs> no, wait. You got to say they're not gonna lose, and then, yeah. and then you got. That's, you my, get that's it. my lock. <laughs> that's your lock. <laughs> is the, is the Patriots don't lose this week? <laughs> uh, anyway, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Uh, it's so funny because every single time we go to record, we're always like twenty five minutes. And I literally told you, I was like, we're gonna be pushing on forty. I swear to God. Yeah. Here we are, forty minutes into the episode. We're, we're consistent with the 40 minutes. Though. We've been pretty consistent. So I hope you guys are enjoying the length. Hope you guys yeah. are hanging around for the entire time. But thank you. Uh, we also have merchandise out um, for all PickSwap Media. You can get pick up two and five scoop merch. Um, any of the other podcasts, it's all personalized per, for each podcast. Um, I believe the link will be in the description below. Uh, make sure you click, click subscribe, the notification bell, follow us on our social media, listed right below our faces. Um, and once again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week. You guys go birds, go birds. Go birds.